0: Stop War Time contains graphic and explicit content. It may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised.
1: What's your favorite scary movie? Uh-huh.
0: Listening to Stop Horror Time, the podcast where 220 something LGBTs talk the horror movie of the week, real life crime or events, and if it's worthy of being an honorary gay film. And yes, the titles are puns. I'm
1: L. am Kate. Hello. 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 So, <laughs> today we've chosen a, a snow fested uh, movie for the, the very cold summer here that we're having. Uh, oh, yes. The 1990s misery, Whoop. Um, directed by Rob Reiner and written by William Goldman. So the team that brought you the Princess Bride. Uh, <laughs> God, I never, yeah, I, I, I,
0: I, I forgot William Goldman wrote this, uh, wrote man. the screenplay for this, and I'm just like, I'm yeah, like truly put the two, the the duality of man. First, oh,
1: no, right. <laughs> Writer. Like, he was uh, so... <laughs> you okay?
0: You okay, Rob?
1: You good, Rob. Like, Carrie always was, was one, in one of his more recent movies. <laughs> God. The big, the big team up again. But, um, yeah, so yeah. This, for those who haven't seen it, you know, it's adopted. Adopted. Adapted. <laughs> adapted by the novel by Stephen King. It's about yes. a writer that basically gets kidnapped by his number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Annie Wilkes where is this, it's in upstate New York or something or where is it, It's he's, in, he
0: lives yeah. in New York yeah it's in like Silver, it's it's like Silver Creek like somewhere up, or up northern cause of all the snow they get there so mm-hmm. probably somewhere in northern, northern New York
1: okay yeah but like so so, yes. so his car he goes up to like his cabin after he finishes every book and his car flips and Mm -hmm. big strong woman Annie Wilkes uh, comes up and (laughs) saves him. But she has ulterior motives. Oh yeah. Because this is his last book of the series and when she finds out that he's killed off her favorite character she fucking snaps. Oh my god, yeah. (laughs) Watching this again like I even, I watched it like last year I checked my letterbox, like I've, I've watched this fairly recently, but really, like, watching this again now, like, like, toxic fandom is becoming more and more of a problem, and watching it in that lens of, like, fandom entitlement, I'm like, wow, this, like, really rings true now, like, maybe they were onto something here, like, I don't know if it was that big of a problem back then, especially because now, like, we have the internet, where people can just log Mm -hmm. on and talk to creators and writers and actors, and just, like, harass them if they don't get their way with the content that they're not, it's you're not the creators, you're the fans, you know what I mean? Like, that's what fanfiction is for. Yeah. If only Annie Wilkes had just written fanfiction, we would have been fine. I would have avoided <laughs> so, all of it. This is like, some self-insert for her in Misery or something. That's clearly what she wanted to do, but I'll get into that later. Um, God. This is, um, this is one of my favorite horror performances ever. I mean, Kathy Bates deservedly won an Oscar for it, and I just think like, mm-hmm. she's incredible. <laughs>
0: God, I think this is, like, her breakout role, too. I think yeah, she was she unknown from, like, at the theater, time. Yeah, she came theater, yeah. hmm So I'm just, like, when I was watching it, and now was just, like, because, like, when you watch it, when you know what's, like, really going to, mm-hmm. like, set her off, and you're just, like, just, like, you just sink more and more down, and you're just, like, God, <laughs> her, she just creeps me out immediately. <laughs> I'm just, like, nope, I can't do this. I can't do this. Like, this is truly every celebrity's worst nightmare. <laughs> and i
1: know. So I try to be so good to celebrities I interact with. Like I, I it happens a lot at Same. my job. Same. Um, yeah. And just in general, like when I go to screenings or stuff. If I ever, I, I really will. I would only approach celebrities if I'm at a place that I paid to be there for. I'm not gonna bother someone at work or like Same. at the grocery store or something. Um, I always. Jo- <laughs> He's never gonna listen to this. So I. We're, can we say this? Uh, I always joked that this movie is about me and ha <laughs> <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> the this is the true story <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god.
0: Oh if Philly like ever does listen. We're to screwed. This. We're kidding. <laughs> We're kidding.
1: He's so gonna block hard. all of us.
0: L- Literally, like, I think the only time I've ever gone and uh, like interacted with a uh, celebrity where I like I hadn't paid was when I ran into Billy Eichner and Robin uh, oh, yes! Laura Taylor in Central so Park, jealous. and I was just like shaking like a leaf because I'm like terrified to approach anybody that's even remotely mm-hmm. famous. So like, I could never do this movie because I'd just be like curled in the corner, just like please don't <laughs> look at me. Just there's your phone next to the bed. I didn't oh, touch goodness. it. Call nine one one. You're okay. It's fine. No, but yeah, the, like... uh It's just... The, just knowing that there are fans out there that are, like, of Eddie Wilkes, uh... Yeah. Like, similarity... Just boggles the, my mind so much, but it's just like, oh my god. Because
1: this, like, in this movie... It's I don't know what... When was the book written? Like, this... This movie happened after, you know, celebrity stalking had actually become, like, a big problem. That really started in the 80s when that, like... T V star got murdered in her apartment building and like all that fun stuff. Um Yeah. That's Lauren that's how Lauren Because the fan uh, happened. <laughs> um mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I would I don't <laughs> I'm not saying they should remake this, but it would be so interesting to see this story in a modern setting taking into account like Yeah. Or maybe that's what makes this so pure is that like Annie yeah. Wilkes knows all of this shit about him pre-internet. Like she's like referencing like talk mm-hmm. shows that he was on from like twelve years ago, and he's like, "Okay, sure." Like, oh, okay. that's dedication, baby.
0: <laughs> the book came out in Okay, so that was so yeah,
1: that was pretty pretty quick yeah, adaption Yeah, that was, that so. was quick. But yeah, a, well, a
0: really well done adaption Yeah, I guess too. like Rob Reiner
1: wanted to adapt something by Stephen King after The Shining. He's like, that, "What if I did this?" uh yeah, I on, yeah. honestly a remake of this might happen. <laughs> yeah. We're in a new era of Stephen King remakes. So my money's gonna be for Octavia Spencer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After ma oh my I was God. watching Maul. That scene with her and Luke Evans. I was like, I would watch an entire misery remake with these two. Like it's cast already. Right.
0: Ooh. Yeah. Ideally. Like,
1: yeah. Um. Paul was kind of a thankless role. Like a lot of actors apparently didn't want it because like it, this is kind of Annie's movie and her mm-hmm. time to shine and so like. Uh, you know, James Conn had a difficult time just with like you know laying in a bed all the time. Like that's his role, but it's it's, it's cool that he took the role though. And yeah. Other, like Warren Beatty didn't want it. Jack Nicholson didn't want it. Yeah.
0: It's
1: like, well, <laughs> he's like well, well, I'll do it. <laughs> um.
0: Oh, okay and and then just trying to I know to imagine like isn't it so perfect the now. well there was, like, some,
1: there was a stage version of this perfect. on Broadway a couple of years ago with Bruce Willis oh, and Lori Metcalf
0: I, I read about that and I was just like how like I feel like if you didn't get the yeah. exact right people or like didn't get the adaption just right it was not gonna yeah. work and apparently it didn't really so I was just like It wasn't very bloody or anything, and I'm just like, well, what's the point then? a Stephen King novel. (laughs) Oh, can I do a a small spoiler of the book? Uh, Because, obviously, spoilers from the movie. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I haven't read the book yet, but I do know one difference uh, between the book and the movie is that in in the uh, movie, she hits his ankles with the hammer and the blocks. Uh, oh! God, that just turns my stomach every time. Uh, but in the book, she chops off his left yeah. foot and then cauterizes it uh, so he can't escape. And I think Rob Lyon was like, <laughs> that might be a little He's too like, far. He's like, we don't have
1: time to unpack
0: all of that. But then, <laughs> but then um, when they were doing a screening of Misery uh, with Stephen King, I think, uh, Stephen King, when that scene happened, he, like, turned to Rob Reiner, and he's like, you're a sick fucking you know that, right?
1: <laughs>
0: In a way, I think it's worse, yeah. too, because it's just, like, the visualization, like, you can, like, we are so used to chopping stuff off, so just, like, seeing someone break somebody's ankles like that, it's like, yeah, I've never, I've never
1: seen something like that long, just so... Long before I even saw uh, this movie, oh that, like, that's I what I knew it. about from this movie was the, the ho- hobbling scene. Yeah. Uh... When I like told people at work that this is what I was mm-hmm. recording for the week, they were all like, "Oh, misery, shit!" <laughs> like, and I'm, I'm sure that's what they was was going on in their <laughs> mind was the hobbling. It's, it's a great scene. Ugh. The, the God I love you afterwards mm-hmm. is beautiful. <laughs> God,
0: so creepy. It's, I, I,
1: I, I don't understand why, but multiple reviews um, on Letterboxd on this are just um, about how this is their relation to Oscar Isaac, and one was just like, one was just like, me hobbling Oscar Isaac, God, God I love you. <laughs> it's like, are y'all okay? <laughs> like, oh are you God. good? Are we all good? <laughs> you guys. Maybe we all, you guys. We, like, maybe, oh my God. this is just a cautionary tale to like, not relate to Annie Wilkes too much. Like, there was a, w- when she's in bed with like, her stuffed animal yeah. and, like, chips and a soda and, like, watching TV. I'm like, oh, mood! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a mood right there! <laughs> well, that's it. Con. No, this, this whole part. movie's a mood. No. Just that part. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm gonna get arrested after this. <laughs> <laughs> I literally once told Lee to let me know if we're ever being <laughs> too creepy on. and I um, like, you're
0: not. So I guess we're good. <laughs> we're good. He's three like, times. Like, I feel like he's met you twice, and oh yeah, he's like three <laughs> times. I'm sorry. About that. Um. Yeah, we're good. So he's like, oh no, I'm used to it. So it's like, if they're about yeah. as weird as you, your friends are fine. <laughs> so it's like okay. So. Um. Yeah, and the. So not only just the book uh, that this was based off of but also Annie oh, Wilkes yeah. is like the backstory of uh, her that that he uh, find that our main boy finds out about is that she was in a trial for uh, murdering infants which was based off of a real life person named Janine Jones uh, cause she was also a nurse with a savior yeah, complex of course, yeah. So, shall we dive into some true crime? Yeah. Uh so uh Janine Jones 69. is still alive today. Uh she's 69 years old. Sorry I think she's going. still in <laughs> Nice. Uh she, she's still in jail, I believe. Uh and she was known as an Angel of Death uh or nurses that Kill their helpless patients either intentionally or accidentally in the course of injecting them with harmful substances and then reviving them in a sick effort to appear heroic um, there's also there was a male nurse by the name of richard angelo uh, that was also in new york uh, he was an angel of death and was convicted in the late 1980s of killing eight patients and poisoning 26 others who he revived uh, but our main angel of death was uh, jean Jeanine jones of san antonio texas in 1984 she was tried and convicted on purposely killing two children one with a blood thinner and one with a drug that paralyzes the muscles Uh, she's also suspected of killing up to sixty children this way and was recently reindicted for five (laughs) murders because the state of Texas did not wish for her to be paroled so uh, she was born in July of 1950 and was put up for adoption uh, so that may have been an influence on her like growing up, just like twisting her perception towards parenthood and infancy. Uh, her adopted parents had also taken on three other orphan children, uh, but Janine said that she felt she was the family's black sheep and not really ever accepted as they had been. Uh, her best friend was her younger brother, Travis, who at 16 Shit. years old assembled a bomb that accidentally blew up in his face and killed him. Uh, she had a huge... Historionic display of grief at his funeral And was just completely devastated by it uh, She married at 19 To a man that she described as her high school sweetheart And they had one child before he enlisted in the Navy uh, And while he was gone She had several affairs And openly bragged about them uh, And when he finally returned They had another kid uh, Janine did the same thing That her biological parents had done And she abandoned both children Leaving her adopted mother to take care of them so uh after that she became divorced and she became fearful also that the exposures to dyes at her job as a hairdresser might give her cancer Uh, she decided to train to become a nurse Uh, and in the four years that she worked at bexar county medical center hospital in san antonio 47 infants died under suspicious circumstances Uh, she developed a reputation for extremely suspicious behavior including grabbing a syringe and squirting herself and a recently diseased infant with the sign of the cross in front of several witnesses. Uh, The fact that infants in her care seemed to constantly require her resuscitation. Uh, She was also observed singing to an infant's corpse as she prepared it for delivery to the morgue. Uh, One infant had seizures three days in a row, but only under her care. There were also seven suspicious infant deaths occurring under her watch in the course of two weeks. and she jokingly said at one
1: well, time, yeah. they're
0: going to think I'm the death nurse. So, a little bit. Uh, and she insisted on carrying the dead children to the hospital morgue herself. Uh, in one instance, she actually, like, took the baby out of a grieving relative's arms and ran down the corridor but with why it. Why do
1: you have your job still? So, like, I'm
0: not sure how they let her keep on at this point like, oh, I don't know. Um, other nurses began suggesting that Jones may be killing children, but they were dismissed by the head nurse, Pat Belko, uh, and she just thought that they were complaints made out of jealousy. But uh, one nurse repeatedly insisted that Jones was up to no good, and the hospital attempted to resolve the matter by insisting that both Jones and the nurse resigned, and they both did. So, against the advice of several people who told her that there was something wrong with Jones. Dr. Kathleen Holland dismissed her advice as the murmurings of a male-dominated medical patriarchy. Uh, She hired Jones in August of 1982. Over the next two months, seven infants placed under her care would have unexpected seizures. Uh, In September 1982, 14-month-old Chelsea McClellan's parents brought their infant daughter to the clinic for a routine immunization, uh, and Jones gave her an injection that immediately induced a seizure. Uh, when Chelsea's mother asked her to stop, she ignored her and gave her a second injection and Chelsea was like having her seizure and then she just went limp. Uh, Jones began sobbing, she wrapped her in a blanket and carried her down to the clinic morgue, and she, Chelsea died en route to the hospital. Uh, a week later, when visiting her daughter's grave, Chelsea's mother noticed that Jones was already there, kneeling before the tombstone and crying loudly. Uh, when she asked Jones what she was doing there, Jones reportedly just stared at her and then just left. Uh, so, that's... Uh, uh, there's so much going on. I don't even know how to deal with this. Uh, so, when talking with Jones about the mysterious strings of seizures at the clinic, Dr. Holland became deeply suspicious when Jones offered out of nowhere that she had found the missing vial of a muscle relaxant mm-hmm. called Cecilia Uh Holland wasn't even aware that a vial had gone missing. But upon inspecting it, she realized that there was already two pinpricks in the vial's rubber top. Uh, and on September 28th of 1982, Holland fired Janine Jones and called the police. Uh, a forensic lab determined that the vial was actually filled with saline rather than Uh She had already used all the muscle relaxant and had filled the vial up with salt water to cover her tracks, basically. So, 1984, she was before a grand jury in Kerr County, Texas, who indicted her for murdering Chelsea McLeland and also charged her with injuring seven other children she injected with muscle relaxers. Uh, Forensic technicians had exhumed McLeland's body and found traces of the drug that she had injected her with uh, in her corpse. She was found guilty of murder and sentenced to 99 years in prison. Uh, in the 1985, she was also found guilty of injecting an infant named Rolando Santos with a blood thinner named Heparin, which nearly killed him. Uh, she was found guilty and then sentenced to 60 years for that crime. And in the wake of Jones' conviction and, and to avoid further bad publicity and lawsuits, the Texas hospital system destroyed every last document that related to her, so we will never know for sure just how many children like, died under her care. Uh, but a lot of examiners say that the death toll may be as high as 60. Um, yeah. So, due to Texas laws regarding prison sentencing and overcrowding, in 2018 she was eligible for parole. And to counter the possibility of her ever being free, the state of Texas recently indicted her for five more infant murders and had promised to indict her for more. So, yeah, she's still in jail. They're never going to let her out. Um, and that's that's the backstory for like the inspiration for andy wilkes's backstory in misery so yeah truly like there's i've seen books at barnes and noble when i worked there that just have like <laughs> angels of death that's stories and i'm just like i'm never going to the hospital Oof. again if i die i die it's it
1: <laughs>
0: that's on me i'm slipping yeah yeah it's it's some kind of a savior complex, I think, that they said that a lot of this right. stems from...
1: So she, to, like, she was, like, some kind of, to be clear, she uh, was inducing... She wasn't trying to straight-up straight up kill oh, them, I she was inducing, good, like, and like, like and stuff so that she could save them. Yeah. Yeah. Did they did they think it had to do with her brother?
0: Yeah. yeah. So she could heroically save them. Pro- I think it could, like, that could probably contribute to it, because, like, she... I don't know if it said if she witnessed right. it or not but like maybe she thought oh i could have done something and like could have stopped him finally i could have yeah. like saved him like because there's always like you do want to like have that moment like oh i want to yeah, like yeah. save somebody if they're in the trouble but like she takes it a step further in like she creates the problem to cause the heroism that she thinks that she's doing Oof. so oh, yes. yeah that's it's there's so many that's, stories that's many like nice. hers online. It's absolutely wild, so, <laughs> it's insane.
1: So I always like forget that this is Annie's backstory when <laughs> I watching. We don't have movie. time to unpack all of and, it, but it's a I've lot. I really caught why she's like not in jail in, with, at the, during the events of them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she. They're <laughs> like, all right, you can go back there to the. There wasn't cabinet, enough evidence okay.
0: uh, to convict her, so they just like they had to let her go.
1: And she most likely killed her husband too, right? Cabin in the
0: woods. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like I, I, I guess. Oh so, yeah. Well, Jesus. <laughs> I'm that like it wouldn't real. surprise De- dead me. Dead babies but... makes anything real. That's that's some shit. <laughs> <laughs> and a hush falls oh, over the crowd.
0: God, that one, John, that one John Mulaney segment. I'm sorry, did that make well, you uncomfortable? so speaking of Annie killing her
1: husband, I have some takes. I have some God, takes yeah. for this next segment. <laughs> oh, so our third segment of this show is, uh, you know, discussing oh, whether yes, or not there's, like, any gay all your elements takes. to the movie. <laughs> and I just need to preface this, that this is entirely my opinion and my uh, <laughs> angle on the movie and I'm sure in no way was this Stephen King's, um, (laughs) what he was trying to do, but I mean, who cares? Uh, So So I was watching, and I I didn't really think about this until recently, and I was thinking about it before Elle suggested this, or I, did, did you suggest this or did I? Okay, yeah, because even before you suggested it I was just, like, thinking about this movie, because I love this movie It's my favorite Stephen King adaptation I think I suggested um, it But I was just thinking yeah. about, because what was like. I've just been, like, talking a lot and pondering a lot in mm-hmm. general about, like Okay, th- again, this is all my take and I'm not, I'm not saying that this is going to represent the community in any way, but I was thinking about how, like <laughs> specifically the lesbian experience and, like, part of, like the compulsive heterosexuality that we um, experience, a lot of the times is through, like, creators and artists that we like. Um, and so we'll, like, fixate on that and think that it's, you know, like, like, sexual love or something. Like, do you know what? is this making any sense? Like, me with Raul Sparza or something. Like, still the love of my life, but I'm a huge dyke. Like, that kind of thing. Even with Lee yeah. Winnell! Like, I say this is about me and Lee Winnell. Like, I don't want to... I'm not in love with yeah. him or anything. I just think he's neat. I just love his work. Yeah. I really love yeah. the characters that he puts out there. Um, <laughs> and so with the, <laughs> this is all leading to my thesis that Annie Wilkes is a huge dyke. <laughs> yes. And so let me tell you why... <laughs> So, like, when she even first meets him, she says, she's like, oh, I love you. She's like, I love your mind and your creativity. Like, she likes the characters that he puts out there. The character that she's... The person she's really in love with this is the fictional character, is Misery. She's in love with Misery. She's always saying, my Misery. She's, like, obsessed. Like, she should have just, like, went out and created an OC for herself and written some fanfiction, and, mm. like, none of this would have happened, is what oh. I'm trying to say here. And, like, that on top of, like... She's obviously, like, been drilled into, like, grown up her whole life with this, like, conservative mentality and Christian mentality and, like, internalized hatred, internalized homophobia. Uh, <laughs> and that, like, that's what, I'm not saying that, like, yeah. okay, so obviously internalized homophobia leads you to kill babies and hobble your favorite author. That's not what I'm saying. I just think it's an interesting way to look at it, to look at, like. Because also, oh, the other thing this reminded me of was um Dracula's Daughter. <laughs> where, like, because in that she's, like, so clearly a lesbian. And it's very coded that way, too. Um, I don't know mm. if you've seen... Have you seen that? Okay. Yeah, they, like, they cover the gayest part in um The celluloid Closet yes. where she, like, brings the girl into Painter and is like, take off I've your blouse of and it. stuff. I um, need to watch
0: the whole thing one day.
1: But, like, in it there's this, like, dude that she just randomly is, like, I'm in love with you, I have to... I'm like, why? <laughs> and like, and you see it as, like, the way I saw it was kind of like this, where it's, like, clinging on to, like, the one why? person that why? you think could make you straight, basically. Because, like, that happens. <laughs> it really does. Like, especially when you don't want to admit who you are to yourself, you'll cling on to, like, mm-hmm. someone that you think will make you, like, quote-unquote normal or, like, passing. And I feel like that's probably what Annie sees in Paul... Um, I'm just saying, I'm just
0: saying, um- mm-hmm. <laughs> that is that is an interesting uh angle to like, yeah, because I never really thought about it, like that way because, yeah, because there is such a like hetero compulsive compulsivity uh-huh. that like because like, so I, like, cause you and, like, uh, several of my other friends yeah. that, like, now ID as a lesbian, um, cause they're just, like, it took so long cause I, like, I felt like I had to, or just, like, it was really hard to, like, detach away from that, like, you know, oh yeah, like, you just, you're raised around it for, like, so many years, yeah. and you just, the ability to be, like, am I really attracted to guys, or am I just, like, thinking I am? simply because of the environment I've been growing up in and just everything I've been surrounded by. So that that is an interesting take. I never really thought about it that way, but that could be Yeah. I mean, That's yeah. I'm I'm down for it. Like
1: It's just like a warped perception that we're that we're raised to believe that like any like feelings we have for a man has to be sexual. It can't be any strong feelings can't mm-hmm. be platonic. Like that fucked me up for a yeah. while, I know. And so like Fucked, up it Annie. Up. <laughs> fucked her up. Fucked her up. Some other, some other uh, notable queer elements of this is uh, Lauren McCall's presence because she yes. was a fan. Uh, and <laughs> I love Lauren Bacall. <laughs> she's barely in this, but I love. I just love that she's yes. there. Um, also, oh god, this is wait. This shouldn't be part of the gay section, but I have to tell you my theory about how I think this is a sequel to, or this is a prequel to <laughs> Elf. Or that Elf is a sequel to this. And let me tell you why. Oh because... Because in this, think about it, James Kahn is an author that lives in New York in this. And then an Elf, he's in the publishing business in oh New my York. God. How do we know he didn't, like, change his name and, you know, raise a... Because his, his kid's pretty young enough for an old man that he is. Like, he met Mary Steenburgen later on and had a kid with her. Oh and now, and then he's afraid of Buddy because he reminds her of Andy of the childishness and oh everything. In this essay, I will. Um, yeah, I meant to mention that earlier. God. Elf and, Elf and
0: Misery are in their own cinematic universe together.
1: This this is the James Con, author in New York cinematic universe. Oh he's really good in both. He, he's really good at being... Like this, the kind of the, the straight man to like the other wilder characters. I can't believe I'm just talking about Elf now. <laughs> but, um, Everything comes back to Elf. <laughs> he just, he's really good at like being very realistic and creating a reality out of these absurd settings. Yeah. Like Kathy Bates like snorting at you and hobbling you and. God. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, I mean, both of their performances are great. We like.
0: Yeah. I think uh <laughs> I love I love looking at the fun facts on the IMDb so much because like sometimes they're <laughs> yeah. like lists like it'll take like a half hour to get through a fun fact and then there's like others where it's like two. Uh <laughs> but in this one when she picked up her Oscar uh and made her speech, uh one thing she said, she's like I'd like to publicly apologize to James Con for the ankles. Um <laughs> uh, and apparently Don't Stephen, apologize, honey. Yeah. Just absolutely just nailed him. Um, Apparently, Stephen King was so impressed by her performance that he wrote uh, Dolores Claiborne with her in mind, and he also wrote the script for the stand. Uh, And upon hearing that uh, she wanted to be involved in the miniseries, he rewrote the parts of Ray Flowers uh, so Bates could play it, because he was just like, oh, hell yeah, let's get her in this again.
1: Put Kathy Bates in everything. Please. now oh. she just works with like Ryan Murphy, I think, and like <laughs> Chuck Lorre.
0: <laughs> and came out on lips, the lip sync, uh, the lip syncing show one time. Oh yeah!
1: What did she <laughs> lip sync to again?
0: Oh, it was a it Bruno was like... Mars song, um, <laughs> and she just killed it. She was out here and she killed God, it.
1: Good for her.
0: <laughs> good for
1: her. She um, also she directed. I need to see this. I have the VHS of it that I got at Amoeba. Mm. She directed like a biopic about. um. Dashiell Hammett and Lillian Hellman and like their relationship. It was like a TV movie that she directed. I'm like, this. I would like to see it. So We're I gotta, like to I gotta it. pop that in sometime.
0: <laughs> Got the VHS player and everything for I it. I do.
1: Every, yeah. Everyone's invited. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is the Kathy Bates standing podcast now because we love her. <laughs> We're
0: gonna talk about Kathy Bates. For I the hope rest she of never time. hears this.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, God. Um... Oh, yes. Uh, Ooh, in the original idea from the novel, Annie planned on killing Paul Sheldon by feeding him Mm. to Misery the Pig and taking his skin to bind the book that he had (laughs) written. And the title would have been the Annie Wilkes First Edition. So, yeah. That's that's too Thomas Harris for
1: this. He has the the claim on pig eating, I think. Yeah. I love love Misery the Pig, by the way. I wrote that. She's so cute. She's... (laughs) So cute. And then Annie's like stuffed animal is the pig. She has like a stuffed animal of her pet. <laughs> like, oh my god. What a fascinating uh, character. Yeah.
0: Uh. I forgot Jack Nicholson was also offered this role, but I guess he was just like, don't know how I feel about working on another Stephen King. Yeah. So he's like, ass. <laughs> well he also worked with Stanley Kubrick, so it's like understandable. Yeah. Understandable, have a good day. <laughs>
1: Stephen King machine broke. Understandable. God. But yeah, that's Smart. I. Yeah, I even like I tried to make sure no one else. I'm not like stealing anyone's idea about the diary of Annie Wilkes. And like no one has talked about this. I'm like, am I mm-hmm. am I onto something here? <laughs> like, did I God. did I do something?
0: <laughs> Can <laughs> Autostraddle Straddle <laughs> pay is, me to write it? about
1: this or something? Like, oh yeah, i
0: do it. I'd... <laughs> I, I like it. I've, I've never heard that before, so I think you may have, you may have done <laughs> something Hell, I think I've
1: cracked something. Also just, yeah. like, the, the the way she dresses is exactly how I would dress if I lived in, like, the mountains, in the snow, like, all the flannel <laughs> in the world.
0: Um, I saw it was, like, lesbian. Yeah! I looking
1: at that, outfit that one I outfit, like, oh, you'll shit. see, I took a picture of it, I'm like, this is the lesbian energy in this photo, I swear. <laughs> So she's wearing, like, God. she's wearing like you know, slacks, a turtleneck tucked in, and then, like, flannel over that with the sleeves rolled up. That's the key. With the sleeves rolled up. Key. And then on her, like, you know, her, in print, uh, quotation marks, her date with Paul, she tries to get all femmed up and dolled up, and she does her hair and does makeup God. and stuff. It's like, this isn't you, Annie! This isn't the real you! <laughs> no! Who is this woman? <laughs> Clyde. God. This is gonna be my downfall. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, sh- I'll show this God. in Dracula's Daughter and be like, this is about the evils of compulsory <laughs> heterosexuality. Yes. I would do Dracula's Daughter, but Queer Wolf already did it and they're so good and so I'll
0: sleep There's, on that. They, just, mm-hmm. they got it. So it's like we gotta let mm-hmm. them have that one.
1: i will be real with you, yeah. <laughs>
0: Very but good. I'd recommend that
1: movie to anyone end this um any any last yes. words on misery I feel like that's, I've gotten so emotional over this just talking about it
0: <laughs> um just like truly the casting was like spot yeah. on because like because there's like Jessica Lang and Barbara Streisand and Angelica Houston were considered for the role, and just if I try to think of anybody else... I can't see that! Thinking, like, no. I can't imagine any other adaption, like, <clears throat> even the, the almost Broadway musical play that almost happened was vetoed by Stephen King, and I'm just like, yeah, because, like, just trying to see anybody else as Annie Wilkes that isn't Kathy Bates.
1: Well, because, if nothing else, it's like they... Who did Stephen Stephen King vetoed someone for an earlier stage play because she was too like oh Julia Roberts yeah with Julia Roberts he's like because like Annie's supposed to be this like brawny mountain woman like and every other actress that's been listed or speculated like it wouldn't have fit like Kathy Bates's beautiful woman this
0: big she can haul this man she can carry yeah (laughs) she
1: carries Paul from his car she lugs him across her shoulders like you gotta you gotta be able to do that. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Believe she, like, cries the door open with a, like, a lever, and then, like, resuscitates, and then, like, carries him up, like, in a fireman's carries up that snowy hill. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like, obviously, you need somebody who is strong, and we cannot have any, like, tiny, need, thin women doing this job. We need Gwendolyn yeah. Christie. <laughs> we need Gwendolyn, oh my god, can you imagine Gwendolyn Christie? I will play As opposite.
1: Me. I will play Paul opposite <laughs> Christie's Annie Wilkes in misery. I will, I will
0: fund this myself. Uh, no, I think I think this is one of Stephen King's favorite adaptions of his own mm. novels because, like, I've I've always read when he's when there've been adaptions before. It's just like either he didn't like really like it or he uh-huh. didn't like the casting and stuff. But I think he like because like at one point he got so invested. In the movie, he, like, yelled, watch out, she's got a gun, during the film's climax. <laughs> so, I'm like, if you can get the Oscar to do that, yeah, then you're, the the author to do that, and you're probably, probably on your way.
1: I'm sure it helped Oscar. that, like, William Goldman, he probably understood, like, what mm. it takes to adapt something. Because he also wrote books. He, he did books and screenplays. Yeah. So he understood both mediums and probably understood, like what needed to stay and what needed to go for this, so I'm sure that probably helped, and it's why Stephen King appreciates it so much, I'm I'm guessing. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, and after uh, seeing uh, Rob Reiner's work on it, um, that's, like, so that's the only reason why Stephen King would allow this to be done, was because Rob Reiner worked on it, and his Mm -hmm. uh, studio, Castle Rock, had to produce it, or, like, he had to produce it or direct it, and, like, it had to go through... Uh, him so like very good success very well done
1: yeah. good, good job boys God.
0: good job boys God it's just it's such a good movie like because it truly it's just it builds up because when if you've never seen it before like because at first you're like oh, okay she's just chill whatever it's like because you know it's gonna become <laughs> crazy <fine>. later on. <laughs> She's fine. a little weird.
1: Uh, Yeah, he's not even that threatened by her the first time she, like, starts yelling. He's just like, okay, anyways.
0: (laughs) He's just like, oh, my, oh, okay, okay, we're we're gonna do this, okay. Uh, He's used to fans. Once she snaps, it's, like, full-on terror, like, the rest of the time, and you're just, like, Ugh god i would never ever wish this on my worst enemy this kind of a situation because like because it also she was like not only was she based off of uh stephen king's like dependency on drugs after his car accident and like he was trying to like escape it um but it was also like supposed to be like this is my scariest fans and this is what i don't (laughs) want to have happen to me and i was just like we've all been there i guess just
1: definitely
0: God, George. This is George R. R. Martin's. Oh God, yeah. Oh God, this is his nightmare. This is George R. R. Martin's. Like, this is. Oh God, I can only have no someone know where you are, George. Like, (laughs) don't, don't go. (laughs) A modern version
1: of misery would just be Andy Wilkes, like on Twitter, like tweeting it. We're like, fuck you. I'm gonna kill you. (laughs) Like, God. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how it would really,
0: like, because this was in the 1990s, so, like, obviously no cell phones and stuff, because I feel like you can't really go off the grid anymore because of, like, having the ability to track your phone and stuff, and, like, cell phones aren't relying on landlines, and, like, so, like, there's really, I don't know if this could be done unless you were, like, in a deep cabin in the woods where there's no cell phone reception
1: Oh yeah, but, I mean most horror like, movies then, all they do is write one line to take away they're like, Oh there's no reception and then you're good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It'd be interesting. I don't I don't know if I could ever see it because I just love mm. Kathy Bates in this. No, movie I don't so actually much, think they
1: should remake like, this. Like I think Like no, who was it No like, on, I think on Shockwaves they talk about um you know Stephen King adaptations and how it's like they're doing a lot of the classics and what they should be doing is ones that like have the right DNA that are maybe weren't adapted right the first time or haven't been adapted yet. I mean, that said, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna see all these. I'm gonna see the new It. I'm gonna see.
0: God, I remember hearing Jessica Chastain said that at one point on the set, like, the day after they had filmed the scene that had, like, so much fake blood, like, she was still getting fake blood out of her eyes because there was so much of it, and I was just like, (laughs) this is gonna be fun.
1: (laughs) That's show business, kid. Get this? Like, I, I
0: don't... I don't know what else I would, like, to see adapted as a Stephen King, like, movie, because I think he's a really good writer, um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I'd, I'd like him to, to redo Secret Window, so I don't have to look at that dude's face anymore, um, <laughs> uh, that would be a good yeah. one to do, because that's in the Skeleton Crew, uh, short novel series that's in, like, one book now, um, oh, okay. but, like... Oh, I forgot that he did the Green Mile. That was really good, too. I think that one they can't ever yeah. remake, either. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, I like it. I I think it should stay as just, it's one, it's no remakes. Yeah. But, no, yeah, like, because I, I don't know if it's still happening, um, but, like, they wanted to do, because they had the, the Dark Tower movie. I still haven't watched it. Like, I will watch it because I love Idris Elba. Oh, yeah. Uh, because, Duh. Uh, I watched The Mountain Between Us for Idris so please um, but like they want to do that as like an Amazon series or something like mm. but I'm just like at the same time I'm just like no it's
1: not Cause well wouldn't it make more, well the movie flopped it did. didn't it? Like, um, it, it, it wouldn't it make more I feel like miniseries have been a much, have proven to be a much better like way to adapt especially something like a book series that yeah. long.
0: And... I, just, I guess I'm just nervous because like I love that they cast uh, Idris Elba as Roland, uh, as the Gunslinger, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm personally throwing out my vote to put me as Jake Chambers, because they need another girl in the group, there's only one girl in the group, and they need to age uh, Jake up so I can play him. Uh, So that's just my vote. I just wanna... (laughs) I just wanna... Let me... This is just us
1: creating roles for ourselves. I just wanna play in this area,
0: let me play in this space. Um, but no, yeah, for like a long book series it does make a lot more sense to do into a TV, but I also feel like, they because I'm also nervous because we watched how Game of Thrones went from going really good and then hit mid-season four and it started like sinking like the Titanic, so it should, I'm just nervous how they would adapt stuff because it can go either really, really well or it can go really, really bad, so... We'll have to see, but well, they're gonna do the Lord of the Rings stuff first, and like the, the guy that's doing that did the Fallen Kingdom, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom movie, so I'm just like, this is gonna oh. be interesting. <laughs> I'm like, Can we get a woman director? Can we please get a woman director?
1: Oh my god. So uh, I just thought of something oh. and had to look it up so I re- we've been talking about mm, I don't think they should remake this I totally forgot that they announced that Castle Rock Season 2 is going to have a misery storyline oh, and my... Lizzie Kaplan is going to play Annie Wilkes oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my lord well, I do love Lizzie Kaplan <laughs> I love her I would like to see it uh, let's see Hold on. Season 2 will explore a feud between warring clans that comes to a boil when budding psychopath Annie Wilkes, King's nurse from hell, gets waylaid in Castle Rock. Oh, wig! Okay! Oh, wig! Oh, shit. So we'll probably see her, like, kill some babies or something? Oh, shit. Lizzie Kaplan's gonna kill some infants, maybe? I still need to finish the first season of that.
0: I still gotta watch the first season of that. I'm just so bad at watching things. Yeah. I just now got back on watching my AFI 100 movies because I didn't mm. want to watch Lawrence of Arabia because it's three hours long. <laughs> that I did, mm. and that's that's the movie. I guess that's my review. I'm like, it's that a movie. was a
1: movie. I haven't seen it.
0: God, it, I get... uh, uh, <laughs> like I, again, I watched uh fucking Raging Bull. It's not deserved to be on oh, top fuck of the that that movie.
1: That was a movie. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll diss that off, Mike. We should. Uh, so, where can people find uh, Horror Time online?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and stop uh, reaching So, we are at Stop Horror Time Pod on uh, Facebook and Horror Time Pod on Twitter, where you can reach us uh, either by messaging or just just tweeting at us. Uh, we both co-host that account. And where can we find you, Kate?
1: Yeah, I'm also at Pan Lance on Twitter. Say hi. We're all just still talking about Michael Sheen. Yeah. So you can join that
0: conversation, aren't we all? Happy six week anniversary to loving Michael Sheen for like (laughs) all us newbies. (laughs) Or if you've been as far back as the Twilight Era. Oh my Uh, god. How
1: about uh try what was the first thing I saw?
0: Tron! Oh my God! No, it was like
1: was I show. knew about. I, I've always like known about him since like Frost Nixon, even since like the Tony mm-hmm. Awards. Like I think so probably the Frost Nixon year of Tony Awards is when I was first aware of Michael Sheen.
0: He's been lingering in the He's back. He's been of lingering, your mind. yeah. And here he comes at the. <laughs> here point. he comes!
1: God. All right. <laughs> here he comes! All right. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next week. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.